You're listening to Cortez Community Radio, CKTZ 89.5 FM, and on the web at cortezradio.ca. The opinions you are about to hear are from the people being interviewed and not necessarily shared by Cortez Radio, its board, staff, employees, or membership. I read in the paper, I heard on the news, all damn world got these mean old blues in this life, in this life, you gotta think for yourself. This is Manda O'Fox Gillespie with Cortez Currents. It's all anybody is talking about, COVID-19 pandemic. I'm here today with two members of our Cortez Health Center, Dr. Tamina Ali, MD, and Isabel LaPlante, RN, to learn more about the coronavirus and what it means for us on Cortez, and to straighten out some of these concepts we're hearing, like flattening the curve and uh, taking precautions such as social isolating, social distancing, non-essential travel. We'll also talk about some of the more complicated topics, like when social isolation becomes dangerous and how we can all be taking better care of ourselves and each other. Thank you for being here with me, and thank the two of you for being here with all of us to talk about keeping ourselves safe during the coronavirus times on Cortez. Hi, my name is Isabelle Laplante. Uh, I am the new nurse at the Cortez Health Center, replacing Linda. Um, I've just moved here on the island about a week ago, and uh, yeah, I've been coming over here for years doing foot care, so it's really nice to serve the community in this way now. I'm Dr. Tamina Ali. I'm a family physician in Right Rock, South Surrey for my regular job, and I have the pleasure of coming on island roughly two times a year to provide some coverage for the regular physicians. Uh, my other job is as chair of the Division of Family Practice in White Rock, South Surrey. So I've been extensively involved in the coronavirus planning on the Lower Mainland. And so I'm excited to see how we can help protect islanders with this upcoming um, health issue. So the coronavirus is basically a virus that's been floating around for a long time. And so many of us have already had a form of the coronavirus infection because it's most commonly causes the common cold. The problem is there's a subtype of it called COVID-19 that has emerged that is extremely infectious. So it easily spreads from person to person. And then for particular populations, particularly people who are older or have other medical issues, they get very, very sick and uh, sometimes needs hospitalization or ultimately, unfortunately, in BC locally we've had some deaths from it so it's different in that it it can make some people very sick and it's easy to transmit so that's what makes COVID-19 different than the regular common cold. So most viruses have the capacity to change or mutate very quickly on their own, which is why it's harder to treat viruses versus bacteria, um, which we treat with antibiotics, because usually the bacteria just, for the most part, stay the same, and we can kill it with an antibiotic, and then we're good to go. Viruses can change on a dime, so that makes it much more uh, challenging. However, there is early research that is showing that there are some antivirals out there that might be able to help, but 
but ultimately that might be down the road and the quantities and access to it are unknown. So right now, the best defense we have is prevention, is making sure that people who do get sick stay home and do not spread it to others so that people do not get super, super sick and possibly need medication. The other thing that people often think about is vaccinations and um, there's research going on in that, but in the earliest form of it, it might not be available for widespread use for a year or 18 months. So again, that takes us to prevention as being our best defense against COVID-19. Why get excited about COVID-19 is a really good question because initially I have to admit, even I was kind of like, what's the big deal? But I think the challenge is, is when we look at places that have already encountered it, so China, Italy, and those experiences, the mortality rate or the number of people who die once they get it is much, much higher than the common cold. And um, specifically, it's for the elderly. So Italy being the second oldest population uh, or country in the world has been hit extre uh, extremely hard. And so one of the things that everyone keeps on talking about is flattening the curve, which speaks to the fact that our healthcare system on any good, given day only has capacity to care of so many people. And then if we increase the number of really sick people that's going to really overload the system and that's what Italy is experiencing that's why China was building new hospitals on a dime and given the fact that we can't do that here we have to try to limit the number of cases and spread it out over as long time period as possible so that we're able to handle the sick people as they become sick and give them the care that they need um, over time and not become overwhelmed with so many cases. So the feeling is because it's so infectious that a fair number of the population, so some numbers go from 30 to 70%, will get COVID-19. And there's a possibility that's true. The challenge is, is that for many of us who are young and healthy, we will come out of it okay. But for those around us who end up getting sick from the passage and spread of it, they may not come out okay. And like I said, like the flattening the curve and uh, eliminating excess pressure on the healthcare system, we need to try to make sure that uh, the vulnerable don't get all sick at the same time. So whether we all become immune to it down the road, that's probably true, but ultimately we still have to minimize spread so it doesn't go to the vulnerable. Um, here at the clinic, we've had many meetings. We have daily meetings in the morning to see how best we can avoid that contagious spread. Um, there's many things we're, that we're doing. We're really limiting the amount of visits that are not uh, urgent or not really essential and switching them over to phone calls. So Tamina's been mostly doing phone visits um, and then as well as us as nurses, if people have um, questions or are worried about their, their symptoms, um, then we're able to do phone visits. And then if appropriate, we ask people to come to the clinic um, if we deem that it's necessary, we've also been seeing patients in their car because we don't want to have infectious process come into the clinic. So that that's something that we've been doing as well. We've been cleaning the clinic really well. Um, you know, our lovely front desk people have been really on it as well. And also, um, please call first. You know, if you're if you're wondering about your symptoms, if you have a cough or a cold, if you have fever, you have shortness of breath. All of these things, please call first and then we'll direct you in terms of if you need to come into the clinic or not. 
No, there are no confirmed cases on Cortez Island at this present moment. There are confirmed COVID-19 cases on Vancouver Island. However, all of them have been mild and patients are recovering at home. No one has required hospitalization at this time. The question about non-essential travel is a really good one. And the way I look at it with this crisis is twofold. On the one hand, we really want to protect ourselves from a health point of view. But the other thing we need to protect is the economy. And so I feel strongly that if there's still the opportunity to work at your occupation in a safe manner, then it's important to do so because we don't know how long this is going to last. And I want to make sure that everyone is able to stay employed and bring money in uh, so that we can keep the economy going. So for the example of the mechanic who's on island who needs to go to Campbell River to pick up supplies, I would say continue to do so. If you're a mechanic who's older, who might be more susceptible to getting sick, then maybe you need to send someone else in your in your steed. But I think you can do that um, essential to work travel and be as safe as possible so for example stay in your vehicle while you're traveling from Cortez to Campbell River wash your hands extensively once you get off the ferry or if you need to use the bathroom on the ferry wash your hands frequently Try to keep social distancing, which is something we'll talk about more as to what that looks like. But in regards to non-essential travel to further out, so let's say definitely outside of Canada is a no-no, uh, outside to the lower mainland, if it's something that can wait um, to visit family and such, I would recommend not to do so because ultimately we do know where the clusters are. There's clusters in North Vancouver in the Lynn Valley Long-Term Care Center. There's clusters from a dental convention that happened in early March in Vancouver. So uh, any non-essential travel far off the island that not, is not essential to your livelihood, I think would be reasonable to postpone. Um, in terms of self-isolation, if you're sick, stay home. Um, is the kind of is the first the first step. Um, and obviously we need, you know, we need things. So we need uh, food and, and various things. Ask your social support, you know, if you've got a good friend that can come and uh, get you some food and bring it home. Um, our amazing um, businesses, the co-op, Bertha and the Gorge also deliver so they can make you a little box and deliver it at home. So you just have to call it. So we've been really grateful to have the good support of these businesses that um, are really trying to um, to minimize the, the spread as well. Um Check in on your elders as well. If you have an elder neighbor or a good friend, check in on them as well. If you're elderly and you're worried, um, call someone as well. You know that some, sometimes you don't have a big network, but even having one buddy is, um, is really important. So that's one term. The other term is um, social, social distancing. So that's, that applies for all of us. You know, the recommendation is two meters. Um, droplet if you if somebody coughs like these these things stay up in the air for a while and as well if we can try to have social distance, distancing between us as we're going about our day and as Dr. Tamina said it's not really about me I'm young and healthy but it's about if I get it and I spread it to someone else that's more immunocompromised or if if I'm elderly then that's where we get into trouble. So so what that looks like, you know, just waiting in line at the co-op. It's like, can we have some space between us where we can engage with each other, but at a distance is the, is the recommendation. 
And so what does social distancing look like, especially on the island? So it might mean when you go to the post office in Whale Town, it might mean that there's going to be a marker of what two meters is away from the counter so that we can keep people safe. It means uh, when you're in the grocery store, if it's the co-op and it's really small and there's a whole lot of people in there, uh, then maybe it'd be best for you to wait outside for a little bit and let it thin out. If you're outside on a picnic bench hanging out with some friends, that's fantastic. But again, trying to stay distant. These all apply whether we're inside or outside, keeping those couple of meters apart from each other could mean the difference of spreading COVID and not spreading it. The effects of self-isolation in terms of, of many things, of like our, our social network and that's how that's affected and how we can shift um, and not have people fall between the cracks. And so maybe I'll start with like, because there's obviously different aspects that you've mentioned. So, uh, you know, mental health, for example, um, our mental health worker, Uh, that has been seeing people here at the clinic will do phone visits. So these things are still continuing. And that might be a recommendation as well. You know, if they're, if they're seeing different practitioner and we're recommending self-isolation, then maybe phone, phone conversations and, and check-ins, even with friends, you know. Um, so that's one recommendation in that regard. So people don't feel isolated, but still connected to some extent and it's yeah I think to, to discretion or going for a good walk outside with a friend and you know talking about things and um but really limiting the amount of um kind of different households getting together or I think self-isolation is like a tool and like many tools we have in our lives so whether that's a knife or antibiotics Um, tools can be used for good and then sometimes when used incorrectly or excessively they can be bad and I think self-isolation is one of those tools that we're using in our toolbox right now that could be dangerous for some as I speak to many people including Dr. Christine Enns who's our public health officer for North Island or Dr. Stam Stasiak that some of you might remember one of the regular doctors Cortez Island naturally is a wee bit socially isolated um, we we live apart from each other much more than you would have in the big city being in apartments and stuff so we have that blessing but with that is that, that some people are more susceptible to feeling lonely and isolated um, as mentioned schools have been closed and as a mother of three myself my my kids are already saying well can I have play dates with my friends and I think I take the advice that I saw on um, CBC recently was I think um, we have to consider what other um, uh, circumstances are going on for that family and the numbers so I think if it's a play date amongst two kids you know maybe the kids don't come from households where grandparents are in the house then I think it's probably reasonable because we do need to keep our kids still socially connected and active but if we're talking about a big birthday party with 10 kids not a good time to do it um, and I think maybe thinking outside the box on how we stay connected so um, many have internet and you can use FaceTime to connect with people People. but how about we think about maybe doing letters you could write a letter and leave a note on your neighbor and revive some old ways that we used to communicate um, to stay connected in more creative ways because I think this is going to really challenge us to 
stay connected in trying times because inevitably all of us are scared no matter who you are whether you're a healthcare provider like myself or a mom or a dad or a, a little person we all feel scared and we can acknowledge that um, and I think for our children we it's really important for us to um, take care of ourselves and acknowledge that discomfort and fear but also provide some reassurance even when we might not feel it ourselves because it's really important for our kids to feel reassured that we're not losing it in all of this and that we're taking it day by day and looking to protect ourselves. So I think self-isolation, what it looks like in real life is if you're vulnerable and you're worried that if I get sick from this, I might get really, really sick, that might mean being on the lowdown, not going out and getting groceries, not going out for coffee with a friend. Um, if you've just come off of island, especially outside of the country, it means coming and self-isolating for two weeks in your home to protect islanders from the germs that you might be bringing. No one wants to be patient zero, be the person who brought COVID to Cortez. So I think it really behooves all of us to try to protect ourselves. So self-isolation is going to be a tool in our toolbox, but hopefully if we all stay creative and connected in other ways, it won't hurt us in the end. And to add to Tamina's um, talk right now, um, if you're coming outside the country, we're saying two weeks because it can actually take two weeks for the symptoms to come. Um, you know, in terms of symptoms, fever, cough, uh, mostly shortness of breath when it comes into your lungs. Um, and especially if you're vulnerable, if, you're other, if you have other pre-existing conditions, uh, asthma or some other lung diseases. Um, so this is where the two weeks is coming from, that it can actually take two weeks for you to have any symptoms and you can still be contagious a few days before these symptoms come. If somebody in your household does have symptoms, uh, a cough, a uh, fever, um, and you're worried about it, you know, it's, it's not always easy to self-isolate within your own household. So, you know, if you can use a separate bathroom, if that's even possible, um, if you have... If you and your partner share a room, you know, if, if one of them are sick, then maybe um, splitting bedrooms for a while and um, trying to be creative. It's pretty sunny, but it's pretty cold right now. So tenting might not be quite uh, in, the, um, in the realm at this moment. Um, you know, washing your hands frequently as well. And to piggyback on what to do if someone in your house gets sick is if it's possible, and I know it's not always for the hardworking single parents and, and such out there, if there's um, a couple of adults um, who are there and there's one person who's sick, if one person becomes the primary care provider, you know, to bring in meals or, or, or give medications or Tylenol and that to the person who's ill and the other person stays a bit more away, again, you can try to isolate and limit the spread within the household those would be other things to try to minimize it to the same extent. But if you still, you know, have someone who's sick and you need to go out and work, then there's no rule saying that you would have to self-isolate as an entire household. But it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, these are decisions that each of us have to make. And that's why the COVID uh, Healthline, the BCCDC website, and a call to the clinic. Hopefully we can provide some support and direction if you're feeling uh, unsure. Well, keeping everyone safe is of utmost importance. And of course, that means uh, keeping our healthcare provider safe. So that means our nurses, physician, our medical office assistant, paramedics, community paramedic. And right now, 
swabbing is prioritized with those people. So uh, we've got many phone calls from people who work in the public service industry who have symptoms and are wondering about being swabbed. And right now, because we want to save the swabs as well as the capacity of the labs to process them, as of today, March the 18th, the uh, only four groups of people who can be swabbed in BC would be healthcare providers with symptoms, people who live in long-term care, so it doesn't apply to us here on Cortez, people who are hospitalized, again, doesn't apply on Cortez, and people who are coming from symptom clusters. So for example, as I mentioned, a dental convention that happened in early March in Vancouver, people who attended that are showing symptoms because there was someone who was ill. So um, for Cortez purposes, most people who are gonna qualify for a swab will be the healthcare providers because we wanna ensure if, you, if those people are sick that they're kept out of commission so that the disease doesn't spread. But ultimately we have a small pool of people who provide these essential services on Cortez. And so so if those people go out of commission for two weeks, then we might end up uh, having a slower, lower and lower number of healthcare providers on island. So again, that leads to the protective um, distancing measure, measures we're doing in the clinic. So for pharmacy pickup days, it's going to look different in regards to people spending time in their vehicle and then being bring, brought in slowly one by one. It means phoning in versus dropping in. Um, so it's not only to protect you, um, the islanders, but it's also for, to protect us as the healthcare providers that, that we can stay healthy and continue to provide the healthcare that you guys need because we want to do that. That's the biggest thing for us. Um, and in terms of ferries, as of yesterday, March 17th, uh, we did connect with the, the people in charge of all of, all of that section. Um, as of yet, there's there's no um, yeah no proposed changes for for a cancellation of ferries or limiting schedule uh, that might be different for the rest of the island or the bigger ferries. But uh, for our Cortez and Quadra Island, that's not in the foreseeable future at this moment. In regards to staying healthy, it comes down to all the things that, you know, your mom told you. So really thorough hand washing. I know the uh, Cortez Island kids got taught the uh, WHO method of hand washing. So if you don't know, if you need a... Uh, reminder ask your kids they probably can show you so hand washing is really key um, the other thing is in, in regards to supplements and such there are some studies that show uh, taking a zinc supplement can help boost your immune system in regards to supplements that's the only one that I've seen scientific data um, but before you do that you probably want to make sure that it's not going to interfere with any of the medications you're currently taking so checking in with your pharmacist or your physician before you do that but if you're not on any medications currently then that would be one thing you could consider of taking to help boost your immune system. I think we all have different practices, either that's walking in the forest or, or grounding and things can get pretty hyped up sometimes. So from meditation to yoga or like whatever works for you, but um, just coming into our, our bodies and connecting to something bigger helps me through these times at this moment. Limiting information, I think, is something that we can consider in self-care. It can be very easy to go down the rabbit hole of going on the internet and reading website over website and read all sorts of studies that might just make you feel more anxious. And I think I can acknowledge that many of us have FOMO. We have a fear of missing out, that we're going to miss out that um, critical nugget of information that's going to keep us safe. And so what I would recommend is really limiting yourself to a few reliable either websites 
or radio or TV programs that you consistently can go to. Um, personally, the national on CBC has been my go-to. So every evening, it gives me a sense of what's going on in Canada and um, reassures me as to what's going on. Um, the BC CDC, which is the Center for Disease Control, has a fantastic website with sections geared specifically for the public. Um, the government has also enacted a hotline that's manned um, uh, during the weekdays during daytime hours and it's really simple to remember 1-888-COVID-19 so if you have specific COVID-19 questions that's the place to go not to overwhelm 811 which as many of you might know has been overrun with phone calls and so the wait times have gone really up so if you can direct your COVID-19 concerns there as well as if you go on the BCCD website there's a link to a uh, website that allows you to go through your symptoms and answer questions yes or no, which will allow you to know, is this something I need to be worried about? Do I need to call the clinic or do I need to stay home and self-isolate? So again, to give you direction as to I have symptoms, now what? So I think finding a few reliable information sources, definitely the other one is the tide line here on Cortez Island. We have great people who are um, adding contributions and we're going to try to keep islanders up to date with the latest information on the tide line. So if you can limit your sources of information so you're not feeling so overwhelmed that's great and Isabel said it's finding what works for you so we're really blessed because one of the bombs for many of us is to be out in nature and you can totally be out in nature here on Cortez and be self-isolating and socially distant so you can still go on a walk on the beach or go to Hag Lake and uh, enjoy nature and help that soothe your soul and finding what works for you I have to admit personally I brought my sewing machine and some quilting um, projects because I knew being on Cortez this week might be a bit hard and I might need to come with some things to help soothe my soul. And so I ask each of you, uh, some patients have said they're going to have fantastic gardens this year because they're just going to throw themselves into their gardens. So I think there's lots we can do to um, make some lemonade out of the lemons that the entire world has been uh, dealt. You have been listening to an interview with Tamina Ali, MD, and Isabel LaPlante, RN, about staying safe on Cortez during the COVID-19 pandemic. This is Manda O'Fox-Gillespie with Cortez Currents on CKTZ, Cortez Community Radio. One virus-free airwave at a time. Goodbye. This program was funded by a grant from the Community Radio Fund of Canada and the Government of Canada's Local Journalism Initiative. Keep my feet on the road to love in this life You gotta think for yourself